0: one love okay thanks for tuning in to us the Eminem, show, M&M. M&M, M&M. show. <laughs> welcome to the m&m show we're so excited to be here how you doing today molly
1: what up Joe how you doing mills i'm doing so wonderful Yes. Awesome.
0: I'm glad to hear that. How are you
1: doing, Nikki? Yeah, Nikki.
0: Nikki is doing fantastic. You look like it. You look all bright and shiny today. I mm-hmm. do feel bright and shiny. I've got a lot of positive things going on in my life. You right know? on. So it's shining through. That's awesome. And, shining, uh, shining, and one of those things shining, is this yeah. show. You know, I love coming down here and doing this show with you ladies and talking about um, our stories and our personal perspectives on really important things. Agreed. And, you know, it's a release for me. And I hope that it becomes therapeutic and thought provoking for our watchers and listeners as well. Mm-hmm. So, today, ladies, what, what? we, you know, we're doing our regular thing. We have a little story time. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to do our business shout out. We're going to get metaphysical. But we're going to start off talking about. <laughs> The G word, uh, gentrification. Oh, I thought you were gonna say gerbils.
1: <laughs> See, I had that way wrong. No. Uh, I'm not no. gonna tell you what G word I was thinking. About. Oh snap! What? Mm-mm. I'm curious. It's no. not. I get one Q. One. One clue. One clue. No, no, I can't oh. say it. I can't. Okay. Oh. Wait, okay. No, I want to know. No, I gotta No, know. you really want to know? <laughs> oh, I think I figured it out. Uh oh. Uh oh. Did you? <laughs> Wait, I'm not in the no it's absolutely dirty. it's horrible. it's, it's j Mills what, what g g horrible oh <laughs> wait a minute
0: like grope groping I, sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just I'm just not thinking of a really dirty g word for oh some really reason. dirty g. <laughs> Dirty mm-hmm. G, is that your alter ego no dirty
1: g no it's nina ross but you know naughty
0: nina ross oh, if right. i were to naughty. have
1: an alter ego anyway the, the topic Anyway, the topic is, is not
0: gentrification a nasty g word not the nasty g word uh, although some people do feel like gentrification is a nasty g word we're gonna talk about how we feel about it what does it mean to us so um yeah yeah you know what i want to start off with you today molly what does gentrification what does that word even mean to you well you know (laughs) you know
2: (laughs) it's it's a complicated issue i mean so i come from a real estate finance background you know and so gentrification on a real estate term means one thing um, gentrification on like a cultural level means a different thing. I mean, what it it
0: What's it mean on the real
2: it, estate level? It, I guess it doesn't mean, but it has different impact, you mm-hmm. know? Um, for example, uh, white real estate agents uh, going to white lenders and selling grips of Baltimore row homes at a time, like 10 and 12 to people, buying them for four to 8000 putting 10000 into them max, selling them for forty running all ten loans at the same time and saddling unsuspecting homeowners with ten baltimore row homes that have been done the base level of you know modifications to it some bullshit ass contractor work and now they've saddled so so you know gentrification in in real estate finance it means a lot of different things you know what i mean but it's definitely a property grab and it's a it's a uh, if, you, if somebody's in debt to you, you're always going to win, right? You know, the bank always wins. The house always wins. So the idea is to have as many people obligated to the bank and to the system as possible. So gentrification is like a trap on
0: both sides, you know? Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, as far as real estate terms. From the real know, estate. From a real estate perspective. And then what
0: about from the cultural side that you were saying?
2: Um, you know, I, I've been living in D.C. for 15 years, and I've been in Trinidad for a majority of those. I, my first block that I lived on was Orleans Place. Um, which is, like, where Rayful Evans had, like, three stash houses. It was one of the, like, bloodiest blocks, you know, in the late 80s. It was one of the biggest open-air drug markets in D.C. because it was...
0: You live like, on Rayful Evans? You live I, on I that did. block?
2: I did. I mean, it's directly across the street from Gallaudet. It's not, you know what I mean? It's it's right there, you know? Um, I didn't know. I moved. To, I rented a room from a friend, and, like, a week later I was at work, and I, like, Googled the address, and I was like, oh, no wonder I can get, get a cab to take me home, you know? Um, but... Uh, you know, for me, there has been positive changes, right, that have come along in the last 15 years, you know what I mean? There seems to be, like, some more schools or nicer schools, like, from the outside looking and not having a kid or not, you know, it seems like there's some improvements. But the majority of the definition of gentrification for me is the growing number of people getting left behind. Um and it's really painful. What do you mean by that? Um, like the woman who was knotted out on the curb two days ago when I was coming in, you know? Um like the man who has, you know, an amputated leg and is in a wheelchair and sits and cooks in the sun all day on seventh street in the summertime. You know, the old man uh across the street who worked his whole life and then ended up uh experiencing homelessness because his wife died of cancer and they stole his ID, and he had bed bugs from the shelter, and he's, like, 75 years old with no family, like, and he's just on the street wailing, you know? These people are on the same street as the Game of Thrones bar where there's 400 people lined up, yet those people are still suffering the same. Oh, she's so talking about this neighborhood. I'm talking about any neighborhood in D.C., but, I mean, th- those examples are all within the, on the block.
0: Mm-hmm, and so... uh you knew quite a bit of detail about the one gentleman's situation so he's a, he's in the trinidad community no he's around here he's around here he's around here. so you um have spoken to him to know that much detail at length absolutely yeah
2: i mean you know i don't um I don't understand how people can walk by people suffering and not do something or say something or try to help. And so I'm very active with the people that are in my neighborhoods, whether it's at home or here.
0: Thanks for sharing. Um, So um, and now, Molly, you said you've lived in the district for about 15 years. Um, Previously to that, you were in Virginia, right? Falls Church area. I was
2: born at Bethesda Naval, raised in Falls Church. Uh, I moved out when I was 17 and then I lived in like Boston, New York, L.A. Just a couple years here and there. Popped around, came back. 16 years ago, something like that. 15 years ago, 14
0: years ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. You know, the older I get, the faster the time goes. So. Don't even tell me about it. So, um. Now, Jay, you were born and raised here in the District of Columbia. Yep. Yep. And attended university here in the District of Columbia. H.U. <laughs> H- which one to look at? <laughs>
2: Which <laughs> I know it's a little confusing.
1: Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Which,
2: I think this one's. I don't
0: know. No, it one. was that one. <laughs> yeah. It was.
1: It was that one. Um, <laughs> so you yeah. were born
0: and raised here. You went to school here. Yeah. You are what some people call mm-hmm. a hey, native hey, Washingtonian. Hey, hey, <laughs> So how do you, um, as this quote unquote, actually I have two questions for you. One, uh, how do you feel about the term native Washingtonian? Uh, Because this is something that I've noticed that people use here in DC, but I'm not sure if they use it like in other cities. Like if you were born and raised in Boston, are you called a native Bostonian? Bostonian. Like, I don't know the the word native native New Yorker.
1: A native New yeah. York. And a native yeah, Los Angeles and a native Houstonian. I think it has to deal with how transient or okay. how many people, you know, from other places are in your city to the <laughs> point where. Come on, i Like so, if you're in
2: Oklahoma, people
0: probably aren't like, yeah, I'm a native because like everyone I mean, I is hope from not. there, you know. Um, <laughs> so as a native Washingtonian, uh, <laughs> I'm going, I'm assuming that you're okay with that term. Or are you? I am. You are. Okay. That's
1: why I keep chiming in with my super nativeness. uh, Yeah.
0: Right. (laughs) Shout out to Cherokee background, correct? In your family? Choctown Blackfoot. But Chuh is right. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. I'm not trying to marginalize other people of color. That is for certain. So as a native Washingtonian, yes. um, you have been here for several decades. Yes. And you have seen a lot of changes. Yes. But probably also a lot of things stay the same. So what does gentrification
1: mean? How do you define gentrification? The word gentrification, as a native Washingtonian, that did spend time living out in PG County, as I I didn't know about it until uh, the complexion of D.C. started to change, because gentrification was not the word that's given when people of any other race move in large number to any area. It's not called gentrification when they make it Chinatown. It's not called gentrification when it's a bunch of people from you know whatever uh latina background. It's not called gentrification when black people transferred black wealth to p g County and made it one of the richest counties in the country, let alone the fact that it also is over eighty percent black but we it's not called gentrification when we raise the wealth and raise the resources and raise, you know, the capacity of a place. So when I think of gentrification, it makes me think of Columbusing. I think that the word in and of itself is inherently disrespectful to anyone who is not Caucasian. And what it translates to in as much as what is going on in DC and many other cities, it almost, is. I, I I tell folks it's a trigger. I don't like to talk about it because It exposes an anger at this entire paradigm and there's no one person that can really fix it. It's just, you know, microaggressions that occur that disturb this anger that comes from the pain of being neglected and seeing what it's like when they care. And the juxtaposition as they continue to care about one race and overtly neglect another you know <clears throat> it's it's a lot you know right now there's no hospital for a woman to give birth in in southeast what yeah they closed, they closed the. There's DC only General. one hospital. It was Greater Southeast. They've been closed, DC General. But do white people think about this when, as they're gentrifying Capitol Hill? Do they have any connection to what it meant when they closed those quote unquote poor hospitals they and what it could mean? They turned the women and children's hospital Yes, they closed into that into condos. condominiums. Columbia <laughs> Hospital for Women. Yeah. So again, Are it's this disconnection. Yes. Like, don't you want to live too? I don't understand. Don't you like parks? Don't you want to have a house with children one day? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. The, the Destroying home after home after home after home and making it one bedroom condos or two bedroom condos, these hundred, hundreds of years old, these historic homes. And you just put a sign outside the front and talk about who used to live there. It is so disrespectful. And it's just like unbelievable. But, you know, to offset my anger, I enjoy looking at PG County. I feel real blessed to look at the um, communities of color that are that are excellent. And I love using that word. But I don't know. I've been having problems with gentrification. Like, is this a word that we can take back and own? Like, nigga, can we do that? Can we be like, yo, nah, we gentrifying this bitch. Like, it, can we? Or should we be like, yo, gentrification is fucked up and... That they're the only ones that do it, and it's a bad thing when it happens. But I don't, I don't know. I really don't know.
0: I'm not so sure either. That's know? a great
1: question. <laughs> I never thought
2: about it that way, honestly. You know,
0: about which way that
2: that you know only certain terms you know, gentrified is only applied to certain people. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you didn't say it, but uh, when I um, first moved into the the DMV. Um, my story's I'm from the DMV, so I don't want to confuse people, but, um, I used to live in Western Maryland. I was born, um, in Bethesda at the Naval Medical Hospital and lived the first years of my life in PG County in Greenbelt, but I don't really remember that. My memory starts when I was in like Western Maryland. So I moved back to this area. Um, and when I moved back to this area, Um, and trying to navigate, ask friends and whatnot, you know, where should I go? Where's the best places to go? I specifically remember uh, my friends at the time telling me, well, don't go to PG County. It's so ghetto. Mm -hmm. Don't go to Benning Road. Don't go to anywhere. And I was told basically uh, not to go to heavily Majority black populated neighborhoods until they were dangerous and ghetto like those words specifically and so I Had never lived in the District of Columbia proper before I had never uh, Crossed over into southeast before so like I really didn't know Um, I ended up landing in southwest where I could afford um, in the uh, Capitol Park Plaza Towers, I'm sure a lot of people mm-hmm. in the district have rolled through there. Yeah, it's like a starting point. Yes, and uh, I started there, and at the time, uh, the neighborhood I thought was awesome. Like Nation, I could see it from my balcony. Yeah. It was, uh, and you know, I was about that club life, That's you know. Dope and uh there was oh my goodness there's a public housing project right across the street from me and i'm forgetting the name yes yes Mm -hmm. greenleaf gardens and it might actually still be there it is is, yeah it's like one of the few but another one down the block was complete was there and then like Mm -hmm. completely raised now it's all expensive brand new Mm -hmm. townhouses and Mm -hmm. condos anyway I'm, i'm side tracking but um I'm, I'm bringing this up because uh, I am black, but I am not a native Washingtonian. I have moved to neighborhoods in the District of Columbia, primarily black neighborhoods, working class, poor neighborhoods, um, that have been on the verge of gentrification um, and or are actively being gentrified. I've lived in um, Southwest. Um, I lived on 14th Street at 14th and Rhode Island. Um, before that was 14th Street. Um, I lived in Columbia Heights on Otis. Um, that was the cut back then, yo. Um, <laughs> yo. For real. is <laughs> the cut up in there? It's raw. And, uh, and several other places. All of those neighborhoods now are super expensive to live in all the bars are there yeah. the baseball stadiums there and the fancy restaurants and there's new parks and all that and I say it with like this little resentment in my voice but all this stuff is dope right I like the restaurants I've participated in them I may have even worked at some of them in the past years Um, as my former life as a restaurant worker um, and and benefited and enjoyed some of these changes Um. Am I a gentrifier as a black person? As someone not from the District of Columbia directly?
1: I think that, you know, it, it goes back to what I said. It is subtly and silently attributed to a particular race and not another. So, I mean, just living in this neighborhood, when I moved into the house that I'm in, the black neighbors were overtly joyful and they literally were like we're so glad that black people moved into this house like every time a house goes up for sale they're quietly hoping that the new person that comes and it doesn't matter where they're from doesn't matter how quote you know black or what their money is like they just want to see a black face in that house so they can say that they still live in a black neighborhood and there's this sadness like their neighborhood's gone when um when a white family moves in
0: you know i do now thinking about it i do want to say i remember particularly like when i and this was georgia avenue uh uh south of the petworth metro station on newton street before and that strip is still is being gentrified right now mm-hmm. um this is before um It had really taken root there um i moved into a townhouse that had been renovated um by this jerk that's a whole other story um i lived in the basement couldn't afford to live in the top of the house i lived in the basement and um a group of young caucasian people lived upstairs Um, but it was a nice place, um, you know, and it served its purpose. Uh, I made friends with the people that lived on the street and were always out and about. In fact, I felt it necessary because I lived around the corner from the house and would get harassed Walking past it every night, uh, getting off work super late as a restaurant worker, right. you know, one, two, three o'clock. Like these guys are super drunk by that point. Right. Hanging outside, smoking and catcalling and gesturing and all this stuff, you know. So, um, I just made it a point to be friends with people in my neighborhood. I wanted to have eyes looking out for me. Um, so I was well received. I felt like a part of the community on the street. Um, But when I think about it, I don't think that my neighbors received the same warmth as I did. My Caucasian neighbors upstairs, the young folks. And when I think about it, I'm not sure, and I could be wrong, maybe they did. I don't know. One hundred percent. But I feel as if they didn't put forth the same effort with making friends with people on the street. Right. And there are other places I've lived in the city where that has come up in conversation. We've talked about it. Like, how come none of our neighbors like how come no one says hi anymore on the street? You know, like I'm from a southern family where everyone, no matter where you're at, is just polite. You can be a stranger, you can be racist as shit, but you're still going to say hello to the person walking down the street, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I find it strange here in a southern city um, that people aren't more friendly. But maybe that's because we have uh, a mixture of cultures, people from all over the United States, in and out, um, with administration or just whatever it is, you know? There's I mean people who aren't from the South. I mean, I find
2: that like, uh, you know, when I engage with people, they engage back, you know, so like especially in my neighborhood, you know, that's where I'm doing the most walking around. So it's where I can really acknowledge it the most. But like uh, like one time I was walking past these three older uh, gentlemen and they and they just were just mean mugging the shit out of me. You know what I mean? And and I was walking up to them and I looked up and I said good afternoon gentlemen and and they were all like oh hello hello good afternoon like they <laughs> like their whole thing just changed they went from mean mugging me to all smiles and, and greetings and salutations and being super nice you know what I mean looked them in their eyes said how you doing you know and kept walking and and that makes all the difference in the world you know I mean I look people in the nice. eye I say good morning good afternoon how you doing um, you know on our bike ride every Monday we we yell to people happy Monday. You know, like when we're rolling through neighborhoods, they look up, we all say, hey, happy morning, you know, acknowledge people. And while D.C. might not be like the, hey, neighbor, you know what I mean, uh, kind of town, I feel like when you, when you make that first step and you have a little bit more confidence, uh, then people respond really well. Because I... I was feeling that way about this town, and then I spent a bunch of time in Detroit. Shout out to Detroit. And Detroit is, like, very Midwest. So when you show up someplace, they're like, hey, I'm Tom. What's your name? You know, like, wow, what a, what a fucking concept to introduce yourself to the new person in your room. And everyone just makes you feel so at home. Mm-hmm. So even though it's Detroit and it's rough around the edges, I mean, Detroit and D.C. are very similar cities in a lot of ways. But they're super Midwest, and so when I, you know, spend some time there... Uh, I, every time I come back, I'd have a renewed sense and always say hi to people. And it's always like, hey, how you doing? I mean, I'll talk to anybody in any store. Like, I feel D.C. is a very friendly town, you know. Um, but I think that you have to initiate it, you know. And I think it depends on who you're talking to as well. I mean, maybe I'm engaging with different folks, but.
1: Well, yeah. <clears throat> perhaps as a native Washingtonian, I can shed a little light <laughs> about the nonverbal culture of the natives here where we have a very very high context kind of place this is one place where you can get in a whole fight for the way you're looking at somebody if you do not speak it is so disrespectful it's it's like fighting you don't make eye contact and look down or look like that's that. see that's just dis, you disrespect the moment that you caught my eyes and i caught yours you speak if you don't speak it's weird it is it's beyond weird right. it's, it's disrespectful. disrespectful yeah you acknowledge it, you acknowledge it. that's what right. you do that's what you're raised. you raised. don't you, like from childhood
2: right if you're in a space you're taught with someone. to
1: speak so there's this whole un I guess it's a misunderstanding. I know I've been dealing with some of the new people in my neighborhood and trying not to, to get like that. Cause I perceive it as disrespect, especially if you're my neighbor, especially if you're just moving in and you see me and you don't speak. I got to speak to you. Then way do we do it? Hey, how you doing? Good morning. <laughs> well, but already we're like coming from this offensive, offended place. Like, I know you saw me. I saw you see me. We looking at each other, and you're just going to ignore me. I mean, and there might be
2: some white guilt in play, too. Maybe they're like, uh, I probably shouldn't be here. I'm just not going to say anything. I don't want to make it worse. Yeah, that's horrible. Ah, interesting. What you going to dis... Hey, I'm not, I mean, uh, I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying maybe that's...
0: I personally wouldn't move somewhere if I was going to feel guilty all the time. <laughs> I mean, not guilt, like guilt, like actual go... guilt, but,
1: you know, <laughs> just feeling out of anything. place,
0: knowing you're not really supposed
2: to be there, you know what I mean? Especially younger people, I don't know. That's like being black in America.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm looking like. You mean like <laughs> that's like just being our black? I'm not saying for them. I'm
0: just saying maybe that's why they're not saying hi. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're not as accustomed to that feeling of outsiderness. and it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Or maybe they just
2: don't want to. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't speak for anybody but myself. I would like to think maybe it's because
1: they're insecure about being My white there, neighbors but, talk to the other white neighbors. Let me put that okay, out well there. fuck those people then. They suck. I see <laughs> how friendly they are. And it's this relief. They, they can finally talk to... Hey, Sandy! Like, oh. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah. They have, they invite... It's crazy. It's very interesting. So, I mean, you know.
2: My neighborhood's different. I'm probably one of the. F- I You're am, in Trinidad, right? I'm the only white person on my immediate block. Um... And then I think there was a little bit of adjustment getting used to me being on the block. But I didn't buy the house. I didn't make any changes to the house. Um, I don't complain about anything. You know, I didn't come in and try to change anything. Um, And I'm grateful for my neighbors. I say hi to them. You know, if they help out. My dog uh, ran away last summer. And, like, my neighbor jumped in her minivan and was, like, helping me look for my dog. You know, which, you know, I was, like, crying. I was like, thank you so much, you know. I totally oh, did not really? expect that, you know what I mean? <laughs> but that's above and beyond. It's one thing to, like, walk around the back of your house and look. It's nothing to jump in your minivan and, like, go looking for someone else's right. dog. Like, that's right. awesome, you know?
0: That's some serious community right yeah, there. Yeah, I, I love yeah. my
2: block. You know, it smells like weed all the time. Yeah. It's great.
0: <laughs> so here's my thing. Um, actually, not my thing. Uh As an organizer and an advocate here in the district for almost a decade, this topic of gentrification is always on people's tongues. Um, Whether it's talked about as gentrification or the need for affordable housing um, or the need for... Uh, adequate transportation, or the battle of the schools, like funding and all of that—it's—it's—it's it's, it's all related. And so, what I hear um, people most angry about is concretely the economics of it. Um, that it's like, as Jay was saying before, as the neighborhood is changing. Um, services are getting better, infrastructure is getting better, more businesses are coming, new houses. There's a cost to that. And um, people of color or um, whoever it is that lives there before, whether they're white or anything or any um, race or gender, um, they are not suddenly getting a massive pay raise to be able to keep up with the new cost of living and the displacement um, and the feeling of um, I think the powerlessness of that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that's what people are upset about, um, the cost, the actual cost of things. And so my thing is like, why can't we come somewhere in the middle? Why can't we have. New, improved infrastructure so everyone is safer and has good sidewalks and nice medians in the street and adequate lighting. Why can't we have that? And why can't we have nice restaurants and new businesses and keep the cost of living affordable? Right. Why does everything have to skyrocket and eventually become replaced? And I, I'm not... Mad. So this kind of relates to a little bit. I was thinking about this earlier. You know, I'm not mad. I'm not mad when anybody moves into a new neighborhood. I'm not. I mean, because you never know what anybody's story is, right? You can't just look at a
2: person and know. Maybe they're a refugee from like Albania or something. They could be anything. They could be anything, right? So you can't. uh...
0: They could be anything. And we also discussed here on the show last week that people have the right or should have the right and the freedom to roam the earth and Live and be where they want to be, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> why can't we have things be affordable? Why can't we? Why are we still not able to realize MLK's dream, right? That we can live and coexist together and be friends and, you know, build a nation together that's dignified and equal and. You know, sharing opportunities for everyone. Why can't we do that and like have mixed communities that are affordable for everyone? Everybody. If you're wealthy um or if you're on the up and up to be able to afford some of these new places in the in you know in the gentrified neighborhoods like don't you want affordable (laughs) (laughs) cost of life too wouldn't you rather keep your money to be able to travel more or like buy more things instead of spending so much well right because that's the thing (laughs) housing everything that glitters is
2: in gold right like even these people moving into these expensive ass condos like they're shitty condos they're like paper thin walls They can't smoke weed, they're promised all these, you know, amenities and shit that don't mean dick because you're paying out so much money for them, you know, and and they're living check to check. I was talking to somebody a few days ago and they were mentioning, like, these guys that they know and they're living in this baller ass apartment. But there's three of them, and it's a two-bedroom apartment, you know? So it's like, yeah, sure. For what? It's a, a, (laughs) you know, by, you know, know, observation, it's baller. But it's not a baller-ass apartment. It's super overpriced. And, like, one of them has to sleep on the couch. Whoever doesn't have a girl that night sleeps on the couch. And they're all still paying, like, $1,200 a month. And, like, they don't even have their own bedroom. None of them have their own bedroom, you know? So, like... You know, everyone is, like, stretched, right? Like, you know what I mean? Definitely people have, some people have more than others. That's not a good quality sure. or standard of life. But no one, <laughs> no one's, you know what I mean, except for the 1% is, like, cruising through uninterrupted. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, things aren't fair. I mean, that that's what it boils down to, right? You know, like, things aren't fair. And, like, consumerism and real estate, you know. Real estate has fucked everything up because all these people go in and flip all these properties like we talked about, like those Baltimore row homes that they were able to buy for three to $8,000 each. Well, they didn't need to do those renovations. They didn't need to do those things um, to raise the value of the, the neighborhood because what happens is people that were sitting in their houses and didn't do anything now are paying more next year. Because you you raise the property mm. taxes, you raise the value, like that's a good thing. It's not a good thing, and people need to get that shit out of their head. Like it's not a good thing at all, you know? Yeah. Um, because now people can't afford to live there who didn't do anything. They don't have granite countertops, they don't have any of that, but they have an increasing tax bill mm-hmm. every single year, and that's what pushes people out. And that's what a lot of that, you know, You know, people show up in the neighborhood and you're like, fuck, you're going to make my real estate taxes go up. And the people moving in thinking they're doing people
0: a favor. They're getting a deal.
2: I mean, you look at like, um, you know, HGTV and in an afternoon you can watch... You know, those Reality dumb fucking shows. couples, that blonde chick and that fucking idiot dude. I'm sorry. Yes, I
1: love Flipper Flop. Flop. Oh my gosh, <laughs> all of the episodes. But no, but, oh my god. But no,
2: but like, real talk, do they have to make $60,000 a house? Do they have to make that much money doing nothing, those fucking idiots? Do they have to go in? Could they have not, like, did they have to rip out the pre-existing granite and the cabinets that were already there that were just put in? A year ago, when the house was built, did they have to rip those out and demolish them um, to put in new it shit? It
1: doesn't go with the new stain. But you know, but I mean, <laughs> but that's the whole the issue, and and it. that that
2: behavior is rewarded. That behavior is put on television. You, you if you watch meat. a marathon of that shit, you'll watch those motherfuckers make a million dollars on a Saturday afternoon yeah. while you're sitting on a couch just scratching like your fucking balls. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. And then meanwhile, everybody in their neighborhood has to work harder next year because those two fucking idiots showed up, flipped a house on television and gave it to somebody else, you know what I'm saying, who probably can't afford that mortgage and just fucked all their neighbors out of quality of life with that renovation and people don't make the connections between those things. No. And so flipping houses should be illegal. You should have to own that shit and live in it and then all of this would slow down. The real estate market is what really like just killed everything and it was across the board in all areas so there was latino agents selling to latino buyers and using latino lenders like it was in every single community there was a lot of people taking advantage of other people because a lot of money was made you know and it's really hard to recover from that and as long as we reward people for tearing down shit that's perfectly fine in order to make a buck like motherfucker you ain't even gonna live here when this is over you yeah. know, you're going to hop in your Benz and drive to another state, maybe. Hell yeah. You might have even used contractors and suppliers from the state that you operate out of that came with you. So you might not even be boosting the local economy. Yeah, you got to go buy you know. their the bricks team. or their yeah. fabric or their stagers or whatever, you know?
1: I so, guess,
2: and, and that behavior is rewarded constantly. Hell yeah. Constantly. It's America. I mean, I hear you. I mean, I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying until that Those are the stops, consequences. you know, until until that stops, like we're it's not going to ever be equal. But at the end of the day, the inequality is with the one percent and well, here's, the rest of here's us, the yeah. other
0: thing, too, that comes along when you bring more wealth into a neighborhood, either by flipping it or uh, the police. And who the police are catering to catering to and the wealth that they are trying to now protect while also still over policing. You know, I was working for this woman for a little while. She will remain unnamed whose partner flipped is a real estate flipper. Mm-hmm. um, And he has a beautiful home in Bethesda and buys, uh, properties foreclosed, abandoned, um, in Southeast and different parts of PG. And I was privy to hear, um, actually this woman asked for my advice thinking that, uh, you know, because i worked for her i would understand and validate where she's coming from but her husband had brought, bought a house in southeast um right over there by the uh
1: the alliance for concerned men you know where that yes, is i know exactly where that is shout outs to them their spot in southeast and their spot that was right there on 11th street in sherman uptown so, doing great things for the people yes go ahead so it was
0: in that neighborhood, and this he had got a hold of this property and hadn't done anything with it for a year. He bought it and was taking his time on mm-hmm. quote unquote fixing it up. It was mm-hmm. Douglas
2: developing it?
0: No. Um, In the meantime, but that, yes, (laughs) Um, but uh, in the meantime, this home apparently used to belong to an elder in the neighborhood who had passed away and it was tradition to have barbecue in that backyard. (laughs) So they continued on with that tradition and uh, the new property owner was not happy about that at all. And uh, was calling the police to tell them to get them out of there and to do something about it. And They so, didn't,
2: like, try to talk to them themselves? They just, like, called the police?
0: Um, I think they tried to at first. And then the people told them, like, get the fuck out yeah, of here. Like, know. this is what we do. Understood. And nobody, and nobody lived. No one, no one still lived, lived there. there. Like they vacant. weren't renovating. Who do vacant. you think's been
1: stopping the crackheads and turning this into a bando? Yeah, they better know that they've been. Go ahead, finish. So,
0: <laughs> so, um, so that Goodness didn't work. Gracious,
1: the cognitive distance.
0: So then they called the police, and these these are white folks. bro. the white folks called the police to like have them deal with it. The police were like what are we we're not doing anything about that The <laughs> police didn't take so that's in favor of the police they did mm-hmm. you know I begrudgingly give them credit <laughs>
1: your dc police have they're not i don't have really have too many qualms i mean you know yeah. fuck the police
2: yeah but baseline baseline they... fuck the police but I'm with that I can co-sign that so the that, police
0: didn't do anything so then she was asking me she was like well you know people at city council you know how things work like what should we do what can we do like this is our property Why don't you live it's in the our house right. she bought Right?
2: Right. Maybe if you were there, they wouldn't be all up in your backyard. Or maybe you could join or d- them. Develop
0: a relationship, have conversations. I know why that the place power of important. conversation. Exactly. We're just talking about how, in my neighborhood, as a someone moving into D.C., how Molly is someone moving into D.C., um, have built community in the places we occupy by having conversations with the people that yeah, are previously because, there.
2: Right. Because we recognize that we just showed up. Right. You know,
0: so even if you
2: move into a new neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like you're still new on the block, whether it's you've been in DC your whole life or not, you know? Yeah.
1: I can, I guess, you know, my PG bougie background. That's why I was like, yes, you do that. Yes. Cause I've been, I know plenty of black people that do this. I used to work for a real estate agent and she had so many different properties and in helping her with other people who in, in her management of their properties, Hell yeah, I love seeing people do that. It's not race specific. I love seeing people of color do it and do it right. Um I, I I don't I don't see a problem with it at all. The people who are doing the work on these homes, if you ever go and visit their homes, their homes be immaculate too. The problem is not the people that buy the house, it's not the people that flip the house. It's deeper than that. You know why? why does a house cost this much they're not the ones that set the comps they didn't just pull this number out of the fucking sky they googled and said well how much were houses sold for in the past six months the market is what the market is but we're not asking why does it cost three to four times the amount for a house here as it does in Atlanta as it does you can just go across the board you can Baltimore. pick a state the same wow. square footage or in Howard County or anywhere or Houston it outside. can't just be because yeah. you're in a city but in New York and in DC and in LA and in certain places San Francisco but then you got Oakland like, there's an elephant in the room that we're not talking about here. Because how the fuck is it possible that that same bullshit house, when it was a black neighborhood, wasn't worth twice. nothing? Right. I got friend. You bought that house for 35000 up to $75,000 if you bought your house before the 90s in D.C. And then all of a sudden... While crack was all crazy and everything was all boarded up, my, my parents are talking about that. That's how they forced the black people kind of to move out because they dropped the prices in, D, in PG County. We got a house for $155,000 out in Fort Washington. We had a pool in the backyard. And Meanwhile, you're trying to charge people 250000 400000 for a shell. That's yeah. a crack house currently. Which house would you buy? <laughs> exactly. The crack house? shell for twice three times as much as this house out pg county but what does that mean? We didn't even know. While PG County has these beautiful, immaculate, beautiful houses, how much are they worth? And you're gonna turn around and say that these row houses are worth a million dollars and yeah. get mad at the developers? You mad at the people who just renovating? No. Get mad at who decides the price of the dollar. Get mad at America. Get mad at consumerism. Get mad the at the banks. The banks. We don't set the price of the milk. Banks. We don't set the, we don't redline. We don't decide who gets the loan and who doesn't we are not the reason why a 7 bedroom house in New Carrollton costs $350,000 the bank beautiful houses out PG County huge houses and then the only time they did try and do it was just to try to that predatory mortgage bullshit Get people who already own their houses the for a hundred and some odd thousand, two hundred some odd thousand, to be like, oh well, actually, your house is worth six hundred thousand, and if you refinance, we can give you this and blah, 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 knowing good and well that the house is just worth whatever they say it's worth. So they refinance mm-hmm. you at six hundred and fifty thousand. As soon as they got enough people, guess what? Your house is actually now only worth three hundred thousand. <laughs>
0: that was super metaphysical. It was, it was like double J Mills. Double J,
2: but
1: you know, again, we don't. We're not. Who's this, who? Who decides that? Who decides the property tax? Who's the one that said, "Oh, okay, you these black people in Southeast who own all your homes." We're going to keep raising up that property tax and raising up that property tax until you can't afford to live in this beautiful it's house because they're flipping anymore. the houses. No, it's not because they're flipping the houses. It's because if there is no poor, then there'll be no rich, but we can't have it just simply be classism. It has to be racism because there are a lot of poor white people that only have their whiteness. There's a lot of middle-class white people that only have their whiteness. There are white people who cannot afford to live in these places, but as long as they don't see no niggas, is they gonna pay that fucking bread that's what's really going on sorry facts we'll talk well then
0: we'll talk on the m m show y'all <laughs> but i will sorry. tell you this i will tell you this facts. when they're sitting
2: when when fannie mae and freddie mac are the only two lenders in the country are signing those lines of credit they don't they're not looking at the ethnicity box If you're if if you are able to be straddled with a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, you are a customer and you are of value. They don't fucking care if you're black or white or any of that. They see you as a debt that they can collect on, period. It's like the one institution that's not racist in this country because all they want to do is saddle all of us with debt. And the only true lender in the country, every single bank, countrywide, any of them, they're only funneled down to two lines of credit, and that's Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and those are controlled by the government.
1: you do know that, like, house to house the color of your skin will make your house worth about $20,000 no, 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 $20, less.
2: I'm not denying any of that. What I'm saying, though, I'm just saying as an institution, that's one institution that we wants everybody in debt. And, and the, the, if anything, they put more people that couldn't afford it, a.k.a. subprime lending, into debt because they knew that, again, the, bank all, the house always wins. If they have a mortgage note on you, mm. the, they they own you. You know what I mean? Um.
1: Indeed, man. Indeed, so fucking gentrification but B
0: we can't get it twisted because all of those institutions they are run by people and those people talk to other people and have relationships within the government and different mm-hmm. banks yeah. and it is a network that benefits from the structural racism and sexism that exists in this country so it might not and consumerism you, and consumerism you know and it may not be deliberate people may not be in the boardroom together scheme scheme plot plot fuck these black people fuck the mexicans fuck the women but they're thinking about those numbers and just thinking about those numbers and not the actual consequences right. and that whether they're intentionally doing it you know to various communities or not it's happening and it is a another sign that this is a fucked up Nice. yes yeah. more confirmation <laughs> folks you heard it here first the world is definitely fucked up stay tuned for more of this hey, amen speaking of the world being fucked up
1: um <laughs> what <laughs> should what we talk segway. about now?
0: oh my god the world is our oyster can we talk
1: about kenika kenika who's
0: Kanika? tell me about kenika please so You better speak up. You're not, you not. better not uh, ask to speak about something and then go silent.
1: <laughs> because, oh. Tell okay, me about Kanika. It's, it's hearsay. I did not get to see the video in question. Gossip? This I is gossip. just saw reactions to the video on Facebook. I saw articles about the video. Who's Kanika? I saw news in reference to the video. Kanika okay. is a young lady who's 19 yeah, years super old. Young, super young. Went to a a hotel party in Chicago at the Crown Plaza Hotel, very nice hotel and went missing okay so fishy things surrounded her disappearance Uh, associates called her mother from her, from Kanika's cell phone saying that she was missing and she couldn't be found then they drove Kanika's car like we don't know where she is And the mom was like, I don't know, it's some bull. She kept coming back to the hotel, back to the hotel. Three times. Three times she made them look at their surveillance video. And in that surveillance video, she sees her daughter like stumbling down this hallway. Um, She was found in a freezer. And not just like a
2: walk-in freezer, but like a freezer where you have to like lift it, super heavy, doors like hard to get in. She was like stumbling in this like little frail girl. She could barely hold herself up. And it was, like, a completely empty freezer and it was on the lowest setting possible. Yeah. Horrifying. But it gets worse. Supposedly,
1: it wasn't turned on before she was in it. Like, there was no food in there. This wasn't a freezer in use. It wasn't like she had the midnight munchies It was like, what's up in here? And found out it was a freezer while she was trying to go inside to the back to grab a case of strawberries. I think it was, like, a floor, you know, freezer, right? Not, like, a walk-in, but, like, a... So, um, there are videos that happened that night. There are accounts, uh, that there were some, there was a guy that wanted to, that wanted her and she swerved him and he decided he was going to take it. There were other women who knew that that was the decision that was made and was like, oh, the boys is crazy. Like, you know, not trying to stop it, not trying to help her. Wow. Um, and then one girl was like
2: Instagramming it or like mm-hmm. Facebook living what? it yeah. and talking and she's wearing these like
1: Africa bambata like giant reflective shades and so you, you can, can see, see through it. the reflection who the other people are and supposedly allegedly she's getting raped in the background while this girl is Facebook live like you talking about it You are fucking kidding me and ends up dead in the freezer so Um, There's another story of another young lady who uh, got her, some girl that she was mad at for some reason, um, got her drunk, passed out, and got these guys to rape her, and she went Facebook Live on that. There's another, rest in peace to the MUA, I think. She was a makeup artist and a hairstylist. She was a hairstylist for sure, doing weaves that decided to pop up at her boyfriend's other girlfriend's uh, place the girl was pregnant and she shot the MUA murdered her um so the this week is just a lot of women hating women a lot of just like wow man and I don't know it's interesting you know in in terms of like what we're talking about about gentrification and we didn't really yeah, I didn't want to get into because in I'm I'm not I'm I, not linked <laughs> I didn't get in into certain things that that Black people have done to ourselves in spite of all of the different systemic things that are placed on top of us all of the different manipulations and food deserts and you know bad educational systems that teach you that Columbus discovered America in spite of all of that we still manage to be our own worst enemy what's a sickness but then if you look at black women and as a woman all the things you got going against you just with males in general but then you're black so you got all that stuff going against you because you're black but black women still manage to hate black women the most and that's fucking crazy
0: i mean it does it sucks, but you know what? I'm going to be honest right now. There, I don't know if I hate anybody, but there are some black women in the city that I dislike very much. Our mayor is one of them.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to do... But that's what I'm talking about. Like, How do we have a female mayor at this time right now that, that, that has no obstetrics or uh, no, no child delivery services and one whole quadrant? She's uh, skeletor, how is a woman...
0: She's skeletor. she's skeletor. She's void of a real soul. It has been bought... <laughs> Damn. It has been bought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, What's I have tweeted this before. I mean, she hates you know? me, by the way. Own that <laughs> shit, man. Own that <laughs> shit. Yeah. I think the mayor, if she, yeah, I think the mayor hates me as well as her crony follower, Brandon Todd. He definitely hates me as well. Oh, speaking of which, Jeremiah
2: Lowry, did you see that he. uh is...
0: Yes. Hello. Super exciting. Yeah, I'm secretly. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> no, I knew about this for a long time. Okay, I've been, uh, in scheme, scheme, That's plot, awesome. plot mode with I'm him. S-
2: I'm super excited to just help out. I, 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 oh, awesome. I want to help anybody that is qualified and intelligent and motivated to do good things for the city because yeah. i don't know what that means Amen. To me. yeah.
0: jeremiah you know? jeremiah's uh uh ward eight he's a native washingtonian hey. from ward eight um, i met jeremiah yeah. oh my god so long ago at the university of maryland i was an orientation advisor and he was a freshman coming in i was his orientee nice. and uh <laughs> we met then it's almost been like I consider him like my little brother almost, you know, and then he worked at rock, um, after I worked there and, uh, was a volunteer while I was there and, you know, we've been working together for a long time and I've just really seen him. I mean, this is the Eminem show. I'm being honest. I've seen him transform from a silly young boy to a serious Powerful man. That's awesome. And uh, I'm really proud of him. I'm really excited that he's running, although he is challenging Anita Bonds and Anita Bonds is like a dynasty in D.C. and everyone likes her. So it's going to be a tough race, but she's going unchallenged and I'm excited for him to um, challenge the establishment in D.C. because even though Anita is a Democrat, she does great things make bare no bones but she's she's part of the establishment she's part of the the old network here in dc that has a certain way of doing things and this is how we do things this is how it is and you know it's 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 time to uh update with the new generation he cares about the environment he cares about working people he's been working for years um you know we got to get him on this show yeah actually that would be
2: great we should uh have him
0: on next week Let's make it happen. I'll make it happen. Yeah, man. Yeah. But we were talking about uh, women doing unfortunate things to women, um, more than unfortunate, serious aggressions against women, black women in particular. And, um, and allowing that to happen. And allowing also. that. You know, it's humans do fucked up things to other humans from the beginning in history of time. It baffles me. And this is why... Um, this is part of the reason why in my business Tigers one shout out to my own business (gasps) self-promotion this is why I have one-on-ones with women about loving themselves um, about liking who they are about finding their own personal style and expressing that fearlessly because they love themselves and when you really Love yourself. Now, a style therapy consultation is not going to make you love yourself. This takes years. This takes, I'm planting seeds and then following up with people. You know, it's. but I'm just all about like putting that positive message to love yourself. Because if you love yourself, then you love a human being. -hmm. Which means you should be able to love another human human being. (laughs) And think about, hmm, if I love myself, would I do that to somebody else? You know? And so with these stories, there is an absolute void of love in those situations. Mm -hmm. An absolute void. And so, you know, that's, I mean, I think that that's why you promote one love. I think that's why UJ promote self-love and awareness and the green we life. Also, it's, yeah. you know, it's self-care. It's love. Um, because, you know, we can just never get enough of that. Agreed. And I think as women, like, it's just difficult because everything
2: in the media that we see is like designed to make us feel less than mm-hmm. and designed to make it feel like the other woman has whatever it is that you don't down to the eyelash
0: everything down to the eyelashes everything, everything. you need yes. more
2: and it goes like in every direction <laughs> in all kind of ways because you look at like we've talked Butt about before and like, like cultural and appropriation right white women are putting like boxer braids in right oh, you know started. what I'm saying so it goes in all directions but we also live in this like side piece era which is also like just breeding mad insecurity and like jealousy and hatred towards other women because it it's really this is. era of like I'm um, you know side chick saturday <laughs> or whatever the fuck all that is and so you just never know if like that woman is a threat to you or not because i mean you're right
0: you're right the scissor the new scissor album like it's a great album and stuff but it's all about like being the side chick and in that like 20 to 21 23 era and i'm like i can't relate to this shit anymore right. it sounds great but i can't relate to this and like, shit it's just bullshit it's insecurity like who really wants to be like someone's second and third
2: choice and i'm sure there's a bunch of poly people are listening they're like no i'm totally cool with that that's fine not me i'm too insecure <laughs> i want to know that you really fucking like me and that like you're really into just me call me crazy and i'm not going to be all aloof and be like no it's cool that, like you know like Humans i feel are like i want to cry on the inside
0: yeah like, we're a lot of work. I don't know how you could have, like, multiple side chicks to begin with. Like, I can't even handle, like, walking my dog on a regular basis right? and, like, being emotionally available to myself, never mind, like, <laughs> several other people. I know. I don't know how people man- manage it. Jay, you were going to say something. Oh. I feel like we cut you off.
1: Mm. We know, so many. Oh, okay. just okay. So many. <laughs> this is that rapid fire. So many different places. I mean, I, I think the thought I was thinking when you're like, oh, we're in this side chick era. Um, while I'm not a religious person, I enjoy uh, reading great books. And I got to say, the Bible is a pretty cool book, the book of Proverbs specifically, which spends a lot of time talking about immoral women. Chapter 29, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. Can and I think that men now? have forgotten. I've had this convo. It's not even about us. It, it Again, redundancies here. We're not going to talk to women about, you know, what's going on with... Men need to be responsible with their dicks. Every good woman knows that there are far more bad women than there are good. We all know that we're the rare ones. No, there's far more hoes, sluts, skeezers, skanks, just bitter, nasty, (laughs) negative women than there are good. Are you a good witch or a bad witch. I don't. You I are, don't, are powerful. Oh, a good witch. I don't co sign on that. I'm sorry, but it is true. Everyone is a queen. Everyone is America, a queen. Yeah. Ooh. What kind of queen are you? Good queen or bad queen? That's right. There are oh. queens of the. Yes. That's the you That's can, the you problem be, with it. Yes, you are know, queen. I just don't like that's calling other women
0: skanks or hoes. I'm, I'm tired of dog. it. Sometimes if it it's quacks, called for. It's a
1: duck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what it is and i can get into the different breeds of women and how different they are i mean oh, shit. It's, it's, I, I was ta- i've been, been talking to men <laughs> right week. It's, it's, it's crazy because it it, it, it it went on this one thing right here and it blew my mind i'm like damn i'm in my 30s and this is crazy but i'm asking men i was like yo i have not met one that said yes <laughs> do you play hard to get like fuck no. <laughs> if I want you, I want you. If I like you, I like you. I'm just saying that. Now many women, almost all of them, like they they play hard to get. They can like the fuck out of you, but they're not gonna let you know how much they like you. It's this game that they that they play. Yeah, not and at first. Ne- both sides are. I gotta fill you both out. Both sides are crazy as fuck. Cause we're like silly man. You don't even know me. I just met you, and you're like telling me you want me to meet your mom. I'm like the best thing in your life, dude. That's a little what much. if you met my friend? She's pretty too. You don't know enough. I know, right? It's, it's you it's are fun.
2: like an internal beam of like moonshine. Like I'm magical. Like, dude, uh, you, there is no one like you. I want to take you home to meet my mom too. But she's got a great booty too, kind of folks.
0: She's got a great booty too. Yeah, and um, she <laughs> looks like a
2: different woman every week, man. If you marry Jay Mills, you're loving it because she keeps it interesting. She's a chameleon.
1: But as you so, were, yes, I I was just <laughs> saying that, you know, the, that side chick here again, that, that thing right there is only one chapter of Proverbs that talks about what a good woman is. The whole rest of that book is like, this is a hoe and watch out oh. because this is an a woman and watch out because that's an immoral woman and watch out, man, because if you drink, you gonna mess around, and your judgment gonna be down, and you gonna fall for the immoral woman. Nah, you're careful. gonna
2: take advantage of a woman. Like, there's this right? one
1: passage in there where it's like, and her hair has many colors, and her smell is loud. Not laugh. <laughs> Ah, loud because i love the loud and my hair be many colors like oh man (laughs) it's like half a dc (laughs) watch out for those with the mini bracelets and she jingles when she walks and her Uh, hips have a sway i was like it's like a guidebook for finding an awesome girl it kind of is if that's if that's what you're into but I mean knowing that like, you know, as Jay Mills, there's this personality that I have when I'm on stage. And immediately when I'm off stage, I turn that off. But there are other women that are like that all the time. And that's cool. Not to say that dressing beautiful is supposed to mean something bad. That's it's been it's been perverted. All women are supposed to be respected. Whether you're a whore or not. And I remember when I was a child when being a hoe was respectable. Like those Playboy bunnies, even <laughs> though that's what they did, fucking, they were in magazines. They were centerfolds. Like they were the best hoe they could be. I remember like K Street hoes. You remember hoe like Pretty Women hoes? Like this bitch is a professional fucker. <laughs> she and that is good. What A she
2: professional
1: fucker. She is I at mean, the top
0: of skills. her sex game. Is. That is skills.
1: Get your money. I look at you and I know that you cost money. And that's I mean, amazing. I wish I could do. You just made me want to be
2: a do? prostitute. Oh, like, I wish
1: I could do what a hoe Shit. did. I'm Shit, I'm just saying. I think secretly I think can, many girl. many women do. They want a man that will love them and keep it. them. <laughs> they don't want to like. Don't let me be a hoe for you, and then you, you kick me out. That sucks. Yeah, that's the worst. That's what makes. I mean, women I've heard crazy. But the ergo the whole the side chick thing. I mean, we just no. need more
2: R and B. Honestly, R and B can save us. We need to talk about like like sing about loving each other and shit again. I agree. Again.
0: Music is so, and I love. I'm not hating on music these days because I'm not a old fogey that does that. But <laughs> a lot of music is like real explicit. Like that's that song. I, was, I know you wanna love, but and I, I just wanna, wanna fuck. It's I like.
1: But, girl, I mean, keep, keep it, it real. real. I'm just but, like, hold up. Ah! He literally sampled Avant. Yeah, everything is just like, a remix of some old that's shit. That's the same oh, words. Wow. That's the breakdown, right? There. I that's... know you want to touch. I know you want to touch.
0: Oh, dance. I mean, that happens. Wanna... Well, he just perverted the Avant
2: version. Yeah, It was already perverted. He Avant just made it sound better. You know, they just he did slid you know. it in.
0: All you people... know, like the Chris Brown song, <laughs> fuck you back to sleep I really prefer to sex you back to sleep it sounds sexier and better you fuck know fuck you
1: back to sleep girl.
0: like fuck you back to sleep sounds a uh, little rapey to me like on the real yeah, a little especially bit especially coming from Chris Brown Like a little, I feel yeah, like everything Chris, that comes out of Chris Brown's mouth is a little rapey maybe it was but
1: from like Usher I don't think he's people, rapey he's violent he's, he's a different type it's like a safe word disobeyer that's I, what I think yeah of first I don't part. know I just he's I, the type to make you take it in yeah, your ass like
0: I, no like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to. <laughs> Jay Mills, do I, no. <laughs> to. it right I don't want to. Jay too late. Stop it, right now.
1: Too late. And now you have to deal with you it. You know, oh, I hate the word. That's- I, I should not be
0: i want i want marvin gay like i want let's you
1: get, know yo that was a nasty little song i though.
0: know but that was nasty but that's like innocent compared Sexy to what they're saying today or like some Al green yeah but then you realize yes. that like so after
2: that he, he wrote that song he just like went like through hot grease on the woman he was, yeah. was singing about so yeah
0: uh,
1: i don't want that yeah
2: either. i don't know no no, <laughs> no hot <laughs> grease thank you no. just
1: the passionate love Songs, please. Again, like, both men and women are crazy fundamentally, and we need each other in some capacity for balance. We really got to work on that masculine energy, feminine energy. We do need each and other. And just decide who, who you are, you know? Just as many animals as there are. That's how many different ways there are to be in a sexual relationship. I think that people... They lie to themselves. We have this weird society that's trying to like say that this is how you're supposed to be. Some people want to have multiple partners. Some women like women and they like men. Some men like men and they like women. Some people are really into some crazy things. They have all types sure of different are. sexual appetites. I think people are
2: into more things that are outside of the box than they are inside of the box
1: i don't even know with the internet no idea because i, mean, I don't many, even care like about how many
2: categories are on like porn searches like it's, it's like it just keeps going you're like i don't even know what i'm into anymore but you know like everything
0: i do what thing. some of those words i, mean. I don't know either <laughs> yeah, like, i feel very uh i hate
1: discovering things that i can't unlearn you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um ugh. I'm and sorry, on that flashback. note. <laughs> Ew, yeah, we're not. We're back in that. And the dirty words and things that cannot be said.
0: Yes, yes. You know, um <laughs> that was I so think porn terms you never should have looked I up. Think, you know? A, I think that's the perfect <laughs> transition for a business shout out.
2: <laughs> shout out to our sponsors, Pornhub.
1: Oh, iXXX.com. Oh, God. <laughs> they have crazy categories. That that website. Wait, say it again, J-Mills? I should make them pay me for this. Well, it's, it's we'll send them a copy of commercial. their video. Yeah. Say it in
2: your naughty Nita voice. IXXX.com.
0: <laughs> this is why I love the Eminem show because <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. We can start off talking about something very serious like gentrification, and then somehow wind up shouting right out Pornhub. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And practicing our porn voices. You know? This is why you should it. Maybe next tuned. week I'll practice mine.
2: <laughs> you never know what's coming up next, you know? You
0: never know. Have we gotten any uh, dick pic stories?
2: Whoa. No. Applications? No. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> received any unsolicited. Only one time in my life. I um, don't have
1: any dicks on this phone. Whoa. Thank God. So, and with that, I just feel really proud of my maturity in life. Moving right, right now. along, yeah. I don't know when I got this phone, but no dicks this year. You can say that. Oh, my phone. I
0: haven't got any dick pics this that year. It sounds either. like a Christmas list. Ugh. Dear
2: Santa, no dicks this year. <laughs> Love. Please. No yes. dick, hold on. No dick pics this year.
0: So I don't know how the owner of Calabash is gonna feel about a business shout-out directly after the dick pic. I feel segment.
2: like I can like
0: confidently speak for Sonya here, and I think she would love it.
2: Wait, really? can, we,
1: can we shout out like Dornay because they're a black-owned bra and yeah. corset? Wow. There we go. And let's let's, wow. let's do with both. them, and then we'll and then we'll do tea. Let's yeah. lean. Class shout out. T, Tell us about Dornay and then Dornay. Tea. So I am for those. We got some tickle bitties out here. We have some, we have some nice little racks, you know. Shout out to the M M&M and M show. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, you know. All of us. Yours are looking quite perfect. I think I got a new yeah. bra. Oh, oh, you noticed? yeah wow. They they do look. Great. I I noticed too. Mom. Oh wow,
2: yes. thanks, Lee.
1: I just had... look at this wow, bonding and shit. Thoughts. I love you guys. This is great. You know, shout outs to women who can do stuff like that. You know, man? <laughs> on air. See, that's, I'm just saying. <laughs> Something man can never do. Like, damn, you know, you, that thing hanging right today, player. <laughs>
0: looking, looking pretty good.
1: <laughs> 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 looking better than last <laughs> week.
0: That would be so awesome.
1: <laughs> Whoa, look at those, what are those joggers. What kind of, where you get them joggers from? <laughs> I like that. I like that. I just need that in my life. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, nice bra. Uh, and I, I, I should be wearing a good one. I'm wearing a sports bra today, so I'm not a good model for Dornay. Um, but, yes, when I'm the real J J J Mills, I'm wearing Dornay underneath whatever it is that I got on because they are awesome. They tailor make their different pieces. They have an immense selection of really unique sizes. Um, my last one, huh? 34H though it's probably adjusted in the past couple months <clears throat> it's shout out to anybody <laughs> who's above a double d anybody who has an awkward uh, bra size and understands the struggle of if you don't fit victoria's secret how hard of a world it is I mean, that you it, live yeah, in so is. if you're in the dc area um apologetically because this is off the top of the head i didn't look to see what their website was i'm gonna check really quick but i can say the name is dornay they are located in silver spring maryland on georgia avenue on how georgia do you spell avenue. it d-o-r-n-e-e oh dornay they're like on
0: georgia avenue right by the Meineke and a 7-eleven <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> in silver spring eh? in silver spring in downtown silver spring yeah word jay's gonna look it up while she's looking that up tell us
2: about why calabash is so dope i got you well calabash tea and tonic is located on 7th street just around the corner um and it is a uh lovely tea house where they sell some vegan items sandwiches and veggie patties and things like that (laughs) and uh all kinds of teas and tonics to make you feel good uh the owner senyatta is a uh dr senyatta she is a fifth generation jamaican herbalist yeah i'm on uh and so like her soup recipes is, is her as her grandmother's you know like uh, everything is handed down and it's it's mad love there oh uh, i turn. yes and it really is and i mean you go in there and they they greet you you know, hey, beautiful, how you doing? And at first I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Empress. Enough
2: with the hard sell. But they actually feel that way, you know. And everyone who works in the neighborhood considers that place church. You know, like, because everyone, when you're sitting at your desk or you're bartending or whatever you're doing and you're feeling that slump or you're tired or whatever it may be of a headache, you know, you just go to Calabash, man. And you, you, you walk in, they greet you, they genuinely give a shit. They're, like, actually asking you. How are you feeling right now? Job How blessed. can we make you feel better? And then when you tell them what's wrong, they make you this concoction that genuinely makes you feel better. Yes. Um, and so, and I wanted to, I've shouted them out before on this show, but I wanted to bring it up in, in regards to like gentrification and the city changing because um, uh, Dr. Sonyata has been all over. I mean, she's had, uh, she's from New York. Um, she's had, I think, uh, shops in California potentially. She used to be, um, Uptown, like, further uptown, like, over where, like, Sembebs is, you know? Um, in fact, her and uh, the guy, uh, Kepra, uh, they, I think they used to be married at one point. So it's crazy. I mean, she comes from a long line of, like, people in DC, people of color in particular, DC, who have been leading like the vegan and raw movement mm-hmm. for a lot of years, Yeah, long before it became yeah. cool, mm-hmm. you know, to juice and all that right. shit, right? You know, these are people that were super committed um, right. to, to serving the community and have been for a long time. And so I wanted to really shout her out again, because I think it's deeper than just, that but you know at the same time she's now on 7th Street in this expensive ass building that was recently developed and you know probably pays a lot of rent and has to really adapt and deal with different types of customers you know what I mean and different types of thing but still stays true to her community and like her mission of making people feel better and she really just bends people you know people that come in with one perspective and these demands, you know, the the new DC, if you will. Like, she just really wraps them up in love and then, like, redirects them in her way. And it's a really great thing in the community to have that, to, like, really slow people down and make them realize, like, where the fuck they're at and, like, to not undervalue that and to not steamroll it. And then to also genuinely appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to really shout her out for doing that and creating an environment where all of her staff you know really can extend that exact same feeling that she brings to the table whether she's in the room or, or not. not
0: yeah i, I co-sign 100 i've been there like three or four times since the first time i went there right um i'm so happy to give all my money to exactly. <laughs> and uh you know every single time just like you said they, the the sh- you know she has trained or yeah. makes her employees feel so valued that it's a really magical spot. And, and she's uh, hard
2: on them. It's not like it's like, "Oh, it's okay. There's no mistakes." Like, no, she's like, "This is how it's done." And like, it's con- and I recognize cuz I'm like the exact same, you know? Yeah. But like it she's she's making them better and like and they are. You know what I'm saying? Like they're so tuned into the customer experience because they have Things moving so smoothly on the back end, you know what I mean? Because she's figured it out and then she's trained them so well that they are able to do their jobs and still give that energy to mm-hmm. the customer at the same time. Yeah. And it's really quite impressive. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that she's, you know, stayed in D.C., you know, because people are always trying to get her to go to Cali and everything else. But, like, she stayed in D.C. to invested in D.C. and built that shop, you know, from scratch. It was just an empty concrete shell a brand new concrete shell but she built everything that you see in there mm-hmm. painted it built it installed it decorated it all that she it's created beautiful. that vibe in uh, a brand new empty shell too yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. so cozy and awesome it feels like an old yeah it's shop you know yeah and uh, it feels comfortable and good and smells amazing so yeah. shout out to uh, calabash tea and tonic calabash. on 7th street definitely stop by and sh- Get your head right, you know.
0: Yeah, Calabash at Seventh and T, Northwest Calabash. Right. Calabash. Did you find the sure website did.
1: for Dornay? Yes, that would be Dornay. DornayCorset.com, and it's only one e, not two. Spell it so for folks. D o r n e Corset, c o r s e t dot com.
0: They specialize
1: in custom fit bras, corsets, girdles, lingerie. They have mastectomy bras. They have nursing bras that are super sexy. I can, again, another commercial. (laughs) Dornay
2: bras. That's awesome. The mastectomy bras. That's super cool. I I never thought about that. That's really awesome.
0: All the needs. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. That is
1: long-lasting bras. Last for life. Thank you, Dornay.
0: Awesome. Well, before we close out with our metaphysical moment with Mills, um, I wanted to just um, follow up with uh, something that. Uh, you can do locally if you are affected by or know folks affected by the Trump's uh, decision on DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Um, uh, here in Washington, D.C., there's an organization called Many Languages One Voice, or M. Love, as it's oh, yeah. uh, known. And um, basically, if you go to their website, which is... Uh, mlovdc.org. that's mlovdc.org. um it'll explain on there that if you are a recipient and a work if you're a recipient of DACA and your work permit expires now and between March 5th of 2018 basically you can apply for a two-year renewal so that you don't automatically get deported um and if you and you want to do that, you have to do it by October 5th, which is right around the corner. Now, in order to reapply for your, uh, status, um, there's a 495 fee that comes along with that. And I don't even have $495 sitting aside right now. So, um, Many Languages, One Voice is fundraising, um, to so that they can support as many local youth who are daca recipients and which they have many in their membership and organizing committee so there are direct people that you can help if you can donate whatever you have five dollars ten dollars um it would be helping uh some and where do they go to do that You can go to mlovedc.org. If you scroll to the bottom of their page, there's a donate button. You can go there. Um, You can also go to their blog. Um, which is mlovedc.org forward slash blog. And it'll explain um, the politics of what's happening with DACA here in D.C., the mayor's response, what we're doing as a safe city. um, Grosso and David White, their introduction um, of a resolution to Affirm the rights for all um, to make sure the DC police don't become immigration officers There's a lot going on right. here on the ground. You can find the information there on their blog But um, I just wanted to make sure people knew about that since we had talked about it on the last show and know the status um, of what's ap- actually happening here on the ground So shout out to M. Um, Love and all the other organizations who are fundraising um, to help folks stay and um, who are essentially American.
2: Yeah. So you know maybe if uh, <laughs> if you decide one night this week you were gonna go out but then you randomly don't and you end up at home, throw twenty bucks at that fund. Absolutely. You would have spent at least that on a lift and a drink minimum, you know. And there's That's you're gonna flake to. out at least once in the next two weeks on your friends. So flake out on your friends, show up for a kid who needs you, right? You know that twenty dollars if everybody thought that way, uh, you know, yeah. or maybe skip coffee. Send them $4.50. If everybody did that tomorrow, if half of us did that tomorrow, they would be able to save a lot of kids and keep a lot of families together. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know.
0: I know that there are um, eight youth on their organizing committee um, that directly are affected by this, and Mm -hmm. so they're immediately trying to raise at least $2,500 to immediately help those Eight youth who are part of the organization but of course they're trying to exceed that um, and get the word out that they're doing this and there's hundreds of organizations across the country who are actually doing this as well Um, so again go to that website so you can check out and see the organizations who are helping and uh, if you're someone who's actually affected by this and you don't know where to turn like this is a great website and resource to start at here in the (laughs) district again that's mlovedc.org
2: that's right. And actually, based on the numbers, if half of the people who are listening to this podcast right now gave $2, they it would be enough role. to save those six kids. Eight. eight. Eight kids, yeah. It would be enough to save those eight kids just off the break. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, if you make the decision to donate, you can directly impact the lives of those children that live here in Washington, D.C.
0: Absolutely. So thank you for listening, and let's roll on over to... The metaphysical, Metaphys- with Mills.
1: Metaphysical, physical. <laughs> <laughs> snap, 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 Man, snap, I snap. Take snap, some deep snap, breaths, get snap. myself,
2: you know, physically ready for this enlightenment. Yes. Get Man. some water, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're listening, take a deep breath, make yourself comfortable on the couch or in the car. And for-
1: through your nose. There you go breathe, out through your mouth, inhale positivity, exhale doubt, so shout out to everybody who's tuned in online and who will tune in later and who's tuned in in the past and who will tune in in the future today's metaphysical Mills message is about ego tripping and what that has to do with your metaphysical trip around the Sun the reminder of the star that is the light that is the absolute light that your soul is not came from but is you know I've said before And I'll say it again, it's important every day just to remind yourself that you are a soul that's carrying around a body. You are not a body with a soul. Your soul is forever. This is the body it has for now. We look at life completely flawed and completely reversed and from the total wrong thing. At the core of who we are, we are all with all that is. And all that separates us is our ego. Truly. <clears throat> is our identity of who we are. And while we're in these bodies, it's extraordinarily separated. Mentally, we're aware of these tribes. You meet people. You meet friends. You can meet somebody and be like, you know, it feels like I've known you forever. And that's because your mind is familiar to them. You all are of the same character. You came to do the same things. You love the same things. You are of a similar spirit. But... Your soul, the light, the all, the ego. What does this have to do with right now? Getting too deep, Mills. Ego tripping is when you find yourself saying, "Who the fuck you think you' talking to, right now? Who do, who do you think I am, bitch? You got me fucked up." I had to use these words and these things because you know it gets real sometimes and you can find yourself ego tripping you have to realize these words and these thoughts and these traps because it is at that moment that you are about to fuck up your spirit walk Because you forgot you are a limitless being. You are a God and you will be subjected to the very opposite of that which you are. You are a light. You will come face to face with the darkness. Are you going to remain light? Are you going to show them how dark you can get? It's your choice. It really is. And that's what you're saying when you ask somebody, hold up. (laughs) <laughs> it's at that moment you turn Cause like you You got me messed up You thought it was One way You thought it was light You thought it was good You thought it was sweet You thought it was love <sighs> But we about one love right And this message Is about the light And the all And the love And it's at that point That you cannot be reactive You must try your very hardest to be proactive and check yourself before you wreck yourself, homie. At those moments, when you hear those words, it's going to be tough. Because when somebody is, you know, they get you to that point, you're here as the Spirit to say that you were light and you were love and you have patience. Well, that means somebody's going to have to test you. You want to prove how patient you are? How patient are you? You really got the patience of Job? Really? You have everything taken from you? Everything you love? Everything you did? Everything gone? And you still going to wait upon the Lord? Or you will have some fuck yous? For some people. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Somebody check you because they don't know, you know? Maybe you had a car, but you crashed it. You know, maybe you had that body, but you lost it. Maybe you had that money, but it ain't on you right now. And somebody got you fucked up. Man, the metaphysical message is to always be love, Be proactive with your love. One love one soul one light one all all that is is all that is and outside of the all there is nothing so love be compassionate be benevolent be patient be all those things that you thought that you could be if somebody asked you who you were before you got the ego tripper that's my metaphysical message man (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Jay Mills. And that concludes another fresh live from the One Love Massive Creative Headquarters episode of Blah, blah, blah.
1: Eminem. Eminem. Eminem.
2: Show.
0: <laughs>
2: ba-dum. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Thank you guys for being here. I really, <coughs> really love this time that I get to spend with both you ladies. It really helps. It helps a lot. So thank you. Thank you.
0: We love you. We love you too. Love you. <laughs> I
2: can't sound like a, I can't do it. I just sound like a troll. Yeah, no. <laughs> Did you hear me? I sound like, a sexy I troll. Like <laughs> <you have> to, <laughs> with a new bra. Try and,
1: try and speak from your ovary.
2: I'm going to do it when I'm alone. Yeah. First and not on Facebook live. You know you what I'm gotta saying? Sometimes really deep.
0: You got to You have to watch the next show <laughs> to hear Molly speak in her sexy. Oh, connect your <laughs> ovula with it your. It just
2: me like that. All right. <laughs> yes, <cool>. I am. <laughs> girl power. Girl power. See you next time.
1: Yeah. Oh, peace. peace. <laughs> Wait, we're so